Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. We've been, I've been starting with these, these, this scripture. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. This is out of the New King James Version. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who be in the brightness of his glory, this express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins, sit down at the right hand of the majesty on high, have become so much better than the angels as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they." Praise God. We've been talking about the Word, the spoken Word of God, the breathed Word of God. We, we, we started out talking about the Word of God, the, the, the activation of the Word of God. We talked about the Word of God and the prophets. We talked about the Word became flesh, Jesus. Last week, Benaiah talked about the pr pr prophetic Word, the now Word, the right now present Word. And we need to, we need to stop and just kind of you know, I thought to myself, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I might just teach today. Of course, that's almost impossible for me because I, I get to look at the Word of God and I just start blowing up. But he said that he was the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person. And he spoke why don't you stop and think about that a minute? Jesus, the Son of God, the Word that became flesh, was the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person. And he spoke. When we read the Bible, if you're not careful, you, you, you look like, you, you look at it like you're, you're reading a history book. A lot of people look at the Word of God as a, a history book, a book of poems, and a book of inspirational stories. And that's how they look at it. But we got to remember that in time past, what you are reading in this book was a literal, breathed Word of God. It's alive and active. Amen. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, it becomes an active word. In other words, when we read it, the Holy Spirit makes it as though it was just breathed into us by God. As I was praying this week and just seeking God for his, his will and what he wanted to do and just really just wanting to get the mind of God, and, and, and I, I'm so hungry to, to, as I said, to see the touch of God go beyond just a touch to a dramatic transformation in people's lives. Amen. When I went to see Joshua the other day, he was in a lot of pain from the radiation. They overdosed him on radiation and, and, and burn, burn a bunch of stuff up. 
Now he's on chemo again, and, and he was in so much pain, and, and, and he was, hasn't slept in, in months and hadn't really been able to sleep in a long time. And I went and, and was visiting with him, and he was laying there on the couch trying to be, get in a, a comfortable position with pillows and stuff, just trying to, trying to survive what he's going through. And I started talking to him about Psalms 103, and I, I took it, him through it, one, verses 1 through 5. You say, oh, that's out of the Old Testament. That's Psalms. Yeah, but when you, when you allow the Holy Spirit to ignite what was breathed by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden you feel the breath of God all over again, and it literally breathes into your soul and affects you by the power of God. That's the difference between reading the now word by the Holy Spirit or reading history. It's not history to me. And I started taking him through that about the benefits of God. And I said, Josh, look, I want you to make this personal. He has forgiven all of my iniquities. Now, iniquities are not just sins. Iniquities is the bent towards sin. Iniquities is the nature towards sin. He has forgiven my very nature to sin. Oh, come on, somebody. He didn't just forgive your sins. He went to the very nature that makes you sin. And he said he's forgiven all. This is a prophetic utterance by the psalmist of the gospel of Jesus Christ coming. And he's saying, listen, this is the prophetic word of what God, this is the very mind of God. He has forgiven all of your iniquities. And then he said, who has healed me of all of my diseases? A lot of times in the morning, I'll go through this. I'll pray this all the time. I just, I just go through it. God, I thank you that I'm healed of all diseases. Every cancer cell in my body is killed, and, del and I'm delivered from it. Every in infirmity, every sickness, everything in my body that's not of God, you are healed in Jesus' name. And I make it personal to me. And, and then I said, oh, Josh, I said, now we're, we're getting to the really good part because here, right here, God said through the psalmist, breathed out of heaven, and he has redeemed your life from destruction. Oh, he hadn't just made me feel better. He hadn't just made me feel a little better. He has redeemed my life from the destructive hands of hell. Can no longer destroy me because I've been redeemed out of the hands of hell and the devil and put in the kingdom of God. And now I live because I have been redeemed. I said, that's your word. I said, now, now I want you to look at this. And he's crowned me with loving kindness and tender mercy. I said, in the spirit realm, every time a devil or an angel looks at you, you got this crown sitting on top of your head that says you are to receive loving kindness and tender mercies. 
When devils look at you, they realize hands off because he is crowned. He is under the banner of loving kindness and tender mercies. He belongs to God. He's been ordained to receive loving kindness and tender mercies. And I said, look, and, and then he says, he fills your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I said, Josh, you understand God's speaking to you right now. And then I said, listen, I'm going to teach how to pray this. And we start praying. You listen to me, John, Joshua. Started praying that. We started praying through that, making it personal. We got finished. They hadn't been able to get to the grocery store. I said, listen, text me a list of groceries you need. I'll go to the store, and I'll, I'll bring it back. I'll get you some groceries because he hadn't been able to get up and do that. And, and I started to leave, and he started trying to get up. I said, oh, you don't need to get up. He said, yes, I do. I said, oh, okay. He gets up. He's following me to the door. He can barely walk. He's following. By the time we get to the door, he said, I, I'm not in pain. I'm, I'm not in pain. He said, Pastor, the pain's gone. He said, matter of fact, I'm feeling really good. He said, forget about that. He said, I'm calling my wife. We're going to go get our own groceries. Come on, somebody. Amen. What was that? That was not a touch. That was all of a sudden heaven breathed into the soul and body of a human being, and they received something from God. I got a text from him the next day. He said, Pastor, I got to brag on Jesus. He said, I'm standing up straight and proud today. Not bent over. I'm standing up straight and proud today. Come on. What was it? It wasn't. It, it was just simply because I looked into the word that had been breathed from the very heart of God, and we read it as if it was just now being released from heaven, and it had an effect on a person's soul and spirit and body. A breathed word means that it was just spoken, just spoken. Now, I was walking around in here praying the other day, and God, Holy Spirit does this stuff to me. He gives me stuff that I don't understand. Says things out of my mouth that I have to go look up in dictionaries. And I was in here praying, just walking around. Just praying for God's presence. Praying for God's glory. See, I'm not just hungry to build a big congregation. No, 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 no. That's just a bunch of problems. I don't want to just try to herd people. I want, I want God to come down and change people. I want people crowding in here because they want to they, they have an encounter for God, and they meet God, and God changes their lives. Hallelujah. That's what I want to see. Amen. <laughs> I want to see it everywhere. I want to see, it, I want to see every church. I want to see the glory of God, the presence. Oh, we're there. We're, we're, oh, hallelujah. 
Praise God, we are stepping through the door. We are right there. Hallelujah. We are stepping through the door. There's, there, God, whoa, go. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could just put a big picture right now of what I'm seeing. And I was walking around praying. And all of a sudden, I heard myself say this, Father, we need the innate opulence of your presence. And I stopped. I went back to praying. And all I can pray is, God, we need the innate opulence of your word, the innate opulence of your spirit, God. And just crying that out. And, and the whole time, my mind is thinking, what are you praying for? Are you speaking in tongues? But a, a cry can come out of my heart with these words that I had never said before, innate opulence. And I thought, okay. So after I got through praying, I went to my office, got my Webster's out, and started trying to figure out what it was that I just said. Now, some of y'all might, you might have been educated in that kind of thing. My English teachers would literally die of a heart attack if they heard me talking anymore. I mean, <laughs> innate opulence. I went and looked that up. I thought, God, what is it? What is it I just said? What is it I'm asking for? The word innate. Oh, I, I just hope I can bring this out. The word innate means that which belongs to a person's nature. That originates in the mind, not from experience. Mm. I read that the first time I read that, I thought, oh, I think there's something there. I think there's something there. And, and the more I looked at it, and the more I've thought about it, and as I've, as I've been looking at it this week, and just mulling it over, and let it build in my spirit, all of a sudden I begin to realize that what Holy Spirit was asking for us is to have a word that literally issues forth out of the mind, present mind of God that is literally his nature being spoken. Literally his nature, who he is, what he is being declared to us and coming from his mind. Oh, if we could just, I want to hear the mind of God. I want to have the thoughts that he, I want to hear his thoughts. And like I said, we got to quit taking this stuff like some kind of temporary inspiration. If God speaks to you, that's not for a few moments. That is the rest of your life. You need to grab hold of that and bring it into your life and make it who you are. Opulence. The word opulence means great wealth and profuse abundance. Wow. So what I was walking around here, what Holy Spirit was saying, 
by giving me these, you know, these are 49-cent words, and I only have a nickel. So I had to find out what they were. By speaking this through me, what Holy Spirit was doing, summing up, was asking Father God to release thoughts that are originating in the very mind of God that have his nature in it and release to us in the great wealth and profuse abundance of the Spirit of God. I'm not talking about a, oh, that was nice. I'm talking about a word that when it comes into your spirit, literally ignites inside of you. Amen. Just changes who you are because all of a sudden you got a download of a character, a nature that is not yours, but it's what you were birthed for, your purpose. Everything about you begins to come alive because something was released from the mind of God into your very being. I t text Sister Carolyn just trying to encourage her a little bit, and she texts me back, and as I read her text, I, I kept, the further I got, the more I felt myself just vibrating and by the time I got through reading that, I was standing straight up, and I was going, yeah, yeah, woo! I texted her back, and I said, I'm about to run out of this office. Burned in my spirit, literally went off inside of me, and it's like, oh, God, thank you. Thank you, God, because when you hear something that is not earthly, that is not natural, but it's something that comes, all of a sudden, a little thought of the mind and nature of God is released into our atmosphere, into our very being. It's bigger than we are. It changes us, transforms us into his image. We got to continue to hear what God's saying, amen. Oh, come on, somebody. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Glory. Now, see, we can take, I'm, gonna, I'm not trying to embarrass you, sis. We can take Sister Lacey, and we can put her in two months of inner healing where we try to diagnose and dissect everything that ever happened to her and how it made her feel. Oh! We can have an encounter with God where the power of God heals her and sets her free, and then we save all that time. <laughs> yeah. So she can get up here and say, they prayed for me, and I was set free. Woo. And start calling people even the ones she hadn't done anything wrong to, and apologizing to them. I'm talking about healing. I'm talking about encounters with God. I'm talking about transformations that go beyond our ability to change. Oh, I need to say that again. goes beyond our ability to change. It goes beyond our ability to change. 
God, I need to change. And God says, oh, you don't even understand. You can't change. Only I can change you. But when I get through changing you, it's going to be greater than anything you tried to do. Uh, I know I know if it keeps getting better and better I'm not gonna be able to stay on the ground I'm gonna be walking in air come on somebody hallelujah praise God uh, John 1 chapter 1 verse 14 says the word became flesh when you read what Jesus said when you read what when you read what Jesus said, stop reading it like some historical document that happened 2,000 years ago. Read it like it's Jesus right there in the room with you, talking to you, and it's the first time it's ever been said. Fresh word of God. People, people take this book and just make an argument out of it. I always want to argue about it. I don't want to argue about it. I want to live it. I found out the other day that I have a brand. I never knew that I had a brand. I found out that I have been branded. I am now a hyper-charismatic. That's who I am. I never knew I had a title, but I am a hyper-charismatic that's always promoting this passion stuff, passion for the Word, passion for worship, passion for God, like that's a bad thing. How could that be a bad thing? <laughs> Some of y'all are going to go out there and say, well, our, our pastor's a hyper-charismatic. <laughs> that ain't the title I gave me. That's the title somebody else gave me. Hyper-charismatic. You know why they call me hyper-charismatic? Because I am hyper about this thing. I am beyond just the Word. When I read the Word, I accept it as the Word of God. But it's more than the Word of God. It's God's Word to me right now, present tense now. It's a Word, and I believe it and receive it. Hallelujah. I'm going to go way back. I'm going to go way back to about 1877. And show you that I'm not totally out there. F.F. Bosworth, back in the day, back in the 1800s. I mean, these are pioneers of the powerful move of God. These are pioneers that came about in a time where people was getting to the place where they were more agnostic than anything. They believed God existed, but they didn't believe God cared. They didn't believe that he was presently working. And that the Bible was a roadmap that God left us, but that's all it was. They didn't believe in right now experiences with God. They didn't believe that God talked anymore. They didn't believe God did miracles anymore. They didn't believe God was present and active. That 
Well, let me read it. This is F.F. F. Bosworth. Long time ago. Fundamental Christianity has suffered great damage through the efforts of some theologians to excuse their own spiritual impotence through relegating everything supernatural into an imaginary transition period of dispensational truth which cannot be scripturally proven. This is not me. This is one of our fathers a long time ago. In other words, it's not in their life, so it must not be God. Come on. I'm not having encounters with God, so anybody that, that is having encounters with God is, is wrong. Oh, my goodness. This is 1877. We got the same problem today. It can only be substantiated through their own interpretation of isolated passages and is perpetrated through blind traditionalism, not unlike that which Christ faced. Oh, I like this part. Yet deep within the hearts of sincere men, there is a longing to rescue the book of Acts from becoming nothing more than a historical record and to put it back in its proper place as a pattern for the modern church whereby God can continue to confirm his word and give proof of the resurrection of his son in this day of, un, of universal unbelief. The battle isn't new. No. Matter of fact, we're, talk, we're listening to a guy that come up and begin to preach miracles and heal people in a time when the dispensationalists had declared that God doesn't do that anymore. God doesn't talk to us anymore. I have people, boy, y'all got quiet all of a sudden. I, get, I have people tell me that all the time. God doesn't talk to, me, to, talk to us anymore. I said, okay. So I won't tell you what God just told me about you. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that amazing? God doesn't talk to us anymore. Uh, praise God. Well, I'm glad he talks to some people because he's delivering people and setting their lives free. Oh, he's touching people's lives, giving a right now word that, that says, says to them, hey, God says, I'm here, I'm alive, and I'm active in your life at this very moment. That's what we need. That's what we need. Hallelujah. That was F.F. Bosworth. Now, I want to read, if I can find it. This is R.V. Bosworth, his son. The population explosion has caused problems of poverty, malnutrition. This is 1973. Malnutrition, epic disease, coronavirus. Oh, he didn't say coronavirus. <laughs> they can only intensify the message that man needs a healer God. How the Father, nature of God, must long for a man to return to the security and simple faith 
of pure fellowship with him, taking his word as fact that can be fully trusted. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. You know what? When I read that, that's not from 1877. When I read that, that's God speaking through a man of God to me at this very moment right now. I receive what the Word of God says. Amen. God didn't stop speaking. Some of y'all get a book like this. You read through it and say, well, that was good. Throw it on the shelf. Never do anything with it again. Absorb it. Possess it. Get it inside of you because if it's God speaking to you, he needs to speak to you over and over and over and over until it becomes what you are, the very nature of God. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 22. You got that for me? Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 22. Ah, oh, thank you, Jesus. Ah, oh, praise God for his word. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. I want you to notice that they are life to all those that find them. Find them. In other words, you go on a hunt in the Word of God until you hear Him speak to you. And when His Word speaks to you, you don't let it depart from your eyes. You keep it before you. All the days of your life, you keep it before you. The principles that God has spoken to me over the years, I still go back through them over and over and over because it's what gave me life. It wasn't just revelation for a moment. It was revelation for my life, and it speaks to me, speaks to me. Hallelujah speaks to me. There's a lot of voices today. Some of y'all saying, yeah, I hear them in my head all the time. It, you know, some of them need to be quieting down. Hallelujah. Whenever there's so many voices coming to us, you need to shut a bunch of those off. You don't need to be listening to them. Especially voices of the world today. I mean, there's so much deception that has been perpetrated in the hearts of people. I need to know what God says. I've, I've kind of, lately, I've kind of started feeling kind of like Smith Wigglesworth. He didn't allow anything. I've, I've been thinking, you know, maybe we need to go back that because he didn't allow anything in his house but the Bible. Lester Summerall come to see him for the first time in his latter years, and he was very excited because he was getting to see Smith Wigglesworth, which you got to understand, Smith Wigglesworth was not appreciated in his day because he was an offensive man. He wasn't a politician. He was very straightforward about what he said. Makes me feel so much better. 
known that there's been guys like me before and they survived. I mean, he's the kind of guy, he got his preaching a meeting and, and they, there was this prominent woman in the city that was very prominent and there, you know, powerful lady and she was dying. She had cancer or something, I forget what it is. Anyway, they, they kept saying, you've got to come and pray for her. You've got to come and pray for her. They kept after him, kept after him, kept after him. He kept saying, no, no. Finally, he agreed to go talk to her, go pray with her. Walked in the house, the servants opened the doors, escorted him in. There she was with all kinds of people around her, attending to her, with pillows all around her, and they was caring for her every need. He walked straight in. He said, lady, looks to me like you got all you need. Just turned around and walked out. Not real popular to do things like that, is it? Well, he's just cold and indifferent. She got up from her sickbed, followed him to the door and said, please pray for me. He turned around and, he, and, and I forget what he said. Anyway, it was just harsh. You, you know, you don't need anything. Finally, she convinced him to pray for her. He prayed for her and she was healed, but he was not. And so in his latter years, there wasn't people standing at his door wanting to meet him. Because even though miracles, uh, countless miracles, I mean, this is a guy that walked in a train one day. He was on a train traveling, got up from the passenger car, went in and washed his face in the bathroom, got cleaned up, walked back into the passenger car, and without saying a word, a man in the passenger car stood up and said, Sir, you convinced me of my sin. He never said a word. All he did was walk. And pretty soon people started standing up all over saying, you convinced me of my sin. And there was people getting saved in that passenger car, and he never even said a word. We say, wow, that's awesome. But most of the time we run from people like that. Believe me, I know. I can help somebody out, give, give somebody a word that changes their life, and after that, they act like they don't even know me, won't even look me in the eye. Intimidated. We're intimidated by stuff like that. I've prayed for people, and they'd be healed, and they won't even talk to me now. It's like, sorry. Why? It's because that kind of stuff shakes us up. We don't know how to deal with that. I've got to worry more when I help somebody, when God gives me a word for somebody, and I don't know them very well. After I get through ministering to them, I always look at them and say, can we not be awkward now? And they say, what are you talking about? I said, I don't want to meet you in town, and you feel like you can't even look me in the eye. I said, can we just be friends? I said, I'm just a human being. I'm just normal. God spoke to you. I'm just a person. You know, can we just have coffee? Come on, somebody. That's how Smith Wigglesworth felt. Here Lester Summerall is, standing at his door, all dressed up. I mean, top hat on, suit on, got a newspaper stuck under his arm. Smith Wigglesworth opened the door, and he said, what's that? He said, it's newspaper. He said, throw it in the bushes. 
I don't allow stuff like that in my house. He said, that's the lies of the world. I have the truth. Some of y'all don't, don't agree with that at all. It's all right. But I've been thinking lately that maybe, maybe he had something there. Boy, was preaching good a while ago. Oh. We were shouting a while ago. My goodness. Keep it before your eyes. Don't let it depart from you. Amen. Don't let it depart from you. If God has spoken to you and it changed your life, don't just discard that and say, well, that was for a certain time. That's you. That's part of you. That is something that belongs to you, and you need to treasure that. Keep it close to your heart. A lot of times when God speaks to you, it has an effect. Your heart will start racing. Sometimes you start sweating. I've seen people profusely sweat when I was talking to them. Sometimes it makes us feel funny. But we need to treasure it. Take control of it. I got a call from a man one day, and I like it when it comes back this direction. Because I get to say, think, oh, that's how that feels. Got a call from a minister in another state one day, called me up, and he said, hey, man, God, God has been speaking to me about you. I said, okay. He started telling me what God was saying. The more he talked, the lower I got. Until I was, my head was laying on the desk, the phone was like, that's back before we had cell phones. My head was laying on the desk, the phone was laying on my, my head, and I'm just, I am limp at my desk. Listen to what he said. And he said, that's all, bye. I couldn't even get up. I slid out of my chair onto the floor. Why I felt like I had to get to the auditorium, I don't know, but I crawled on my hands and knees from my office to the auditorium and just fell on my face because what he was saying was so life-changing and so to the point that it went to my very core and my physical body couldn't even deal with what was, what was happening. I just had to fall on my face before God and say, God, I'm just yours. I'm just yours. It was awesome. It was wonderful. And the first thing that happened was all hell broke loose. Because when a powerful word of destiny like that is released, the devil hears it, and the first thing he tries to do is get you to not do it. Tries to back you down. I don't know who I'm talking to. Tries to back you down. And you say, oh, that must not have been from God. Oh, I guarantee you, if there's debris flying around, it was probably from God. Come on, somebody. It was probably from God. Huh. Thank you, Lord. All right. Jesus said in, in John chapter 6, verse 63, he said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. Spirit and life. We've, we've, got to, we've got to start treasuring what God has given us, and he's given us his word. For some reason in my, in my spirit this week, I've just had this aching in my heart to just begin to say, stop 
treating God and His Word like a temporary inspiration. Temporary inspiration. Oh, that gave me goosebumps. Well, that's awesome. Do you remember two days later what it was about? We've got to start possessing the things that God's saying and the things that God's doing. When we're praying, when we're praying, you you need to listen to what comes out of your mouth because just like me, sometimes things come out of your mouth that is prophetic, that is, that is declaring your, your, your path, your destiny. I mean, God was speaking. Holy Spirit was praying over this church body that we would receive the very word that came forth from the mind and nature of God at this very moment, present tense, full of great wealth and profuse abundance of his spirit. It's what I want to see. Hallelujah. Amen. To be able to treasure the word like that, I will never be able to forget innate opulence. It's burned in my spirit now. I want to see the profuse abundance of God. How about you? I don't want the poverty. I don't want the poverty. I don't want the socialism side of God, where He taxes us to death and then gives us meager things just to keep us alive. I want to see the profuse abundance of God, where our very presence challenges people. where we brush against somebody and they say, what was that? I felt something in my body. <laughs> Secret agent. I'd like, just, I'd like to just sneak around in public and just, just bump into people. You know? Be so full of the profuse abundance of God that just bumping into somebody, they, it just spills over on them. And all of a sudden, they start saying, oh, that pain's gone. What happened? The pain's gone. Like Jesus said, who touched me? Oh. All of a sudden, people feel an encounter with the presence of God. Or just speak a word to them. Just to speak a word to them. And all of a sudden, her heart and life is transformed because that word came straight from the mind and nature of God into their spirit. And next thing you know, they are, they are literally having an encounter with God because a now moment word dropped out of heaven, out of the mind of God, through your mouth and into their life. And now all of a sudden, they are having an encounter with God. Oh, stand with me today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We're living in a, in a day that we have to guard ourselves. I'm not, I'm not trying to be an old fogey today. I told Sister Betty, I said, how can I preach? How can I talk about this without people saying, oh, you're just old? But I am afraid. I, I have this. I have this feeling in my heart that we're missing. We're missing the quality of God today. 
there's a quality that we need to embrace. And that quality is not rushed. That quality is not just a momentary inspiration. That quality isn't just a goosebump and we're gone. That quality is walking in his presence. Living in his presence. The word of God being alive inside of you. Where it just comes out in power and inspiration. Where you can sit down with somebody and start talking to them about the word and lead them through it. And it's, it's like God is just now speaking it for the first time into their heart. Father, Lord, we crave the innate opulence of your presence. Of your word. Oh, God. 